Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel for our first week in review preview conversation for 2024. This week we will be focusing in specifically on fixed income, some recent activity which we'll cover during our conversation. So joining us to kick off Top of the Morning for the new year, I'm glad to welcome back the head of taxable fixed income strategy for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Leslie Falconio. Uh, Leslie, Happy New Year. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on this Friday morning. Happy New Year. Thank you. So, Leslie, reflecting on the first trading week of the year, the 10-year Treasury yield, we've been focusing on some recent movement. It did top 4% midweek. I know as we're speaking this morning, we're a bit above that at the moment. And this after the 10-year closed at 3 spot 88 for 2023. So on this week's market move specific to the 10-year, Leslie, what do you attribute this movement to? Well, you know, you know, we have our fixed income strategist coming out next week. And one of the things that we noted, you know, when you look at 2023 as a whole, is just the, the wide gap within the 10-year Treasury yield that went from a three and a quarter to a 501 that we saw in October. And meanwhile, with, with as large as that gap was, as you pointed out, Dan, we ended the year at 388, which frankly was almost the exact level that we started the year. So one of the reasons why, you know, we anticipated and move higher in interest rates at least for the first part of the year, and particularly the first couple of weeks, is that the market had really taken um, a bit of aggressiveness in terms of pricing in a dovish Fed um, after the December FOMC. And, you know, what I mean by that is at one point, we're not there now, given some of the um, information that we've seen this week, and, you know, particularly with this morning's labor report. But when we think about, at you know, the, the market had priced in 160 basis points of Fed cuts, um, in December, and due to that, you know the market treasury to tender treasury yields came down quite quickly. And given that time of year, and given the fact that you know we we were or we did reach a 501 in October, which in our opinion was much too high. But when you take into account part of the liquidity that you see at the end of the year, you know part of the fact that you know the market was felt confident that the peak in the Fed fund rate had actually been met. You know, the July was the last rate hike. The market now, after the Fed rhetoric, was convinced that that would be the case. And we saw this large decline in Treasury yields. Well, as you go into the first part of the year, you know, more than likely you're going to give part of that back when you see such a large move lower in Treasury yields in such a short span of time. The same way you give back when you see a large rise in Treasury yields in the short period of time. So I do think that part of this is, you know, you know, moved to this 4% and, and we got into like a 408 or 410, around 410 this morning, you know, is part of this give back. I also, you know, when we think about the first quarter, historically it does have a tendency to have a lot of treasury supply. And it also has things like a lot of corporate supply as we start a new year and we have new cash to put to work. And, and that's why I think that we have interest rates rising. And more than likely, although not a straight line, we are going to see increased volatility in, in the first part of 24. So I wouldn't be surprised to see yields go higher in the short term, you know, only to put, to trend down the second half of the year. So, Leslie, you did make mention of the Fed a few moments ago. I do want to dig into the Fed meeting minutes from December, which we did receive uh, this past Wednesday. Any takeaways, anything stand out to you, stood out to you from the minutes release? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. One is that, you know, the minutes did not show the dovishness that the market was pricing in or did not quite show um, how the market reacted to Chair Powell's comments 
during the December FOMC meeting, right? That was the first thing. The second thing, which I think is really probably one of the key takeaways that I took away, although not a surprise, um, I found it interesting of, of being a topic of conversation, is when the end of quantitative tightening is actually going to begin. Now, it's really never been our, our view that the Fed would cut while simultaneously proceeding with quantitative tightening. It's not that they can't. But you, those are two opposite kind of liquidity measures. Those are two, you know, opposite measures when it comes to uh, financial conditions. So, given the fact that they're a bit opposite, we would be surprised that they would do that. And and from the minutes, you know, for some of the, one of the first times in a while, they did discuss the likelihood that quantitative tightening would end at some point this year. And I think the important part of that is that when we look at how much supply is coming into the marketplace because of large deficits. You know, having that sort of, you know, quantitative tightening, you know, removed, you know, doesn't, you know, cure the impact because you're definitely going to have impact from the supply coming in, but it just alleviates part of this pressure, particularly since that most of the mortgage-backed securities that will be rolling off, they're probably not going to reinvest in the mortgages. They're going to take that money they might reinvest in the say, treasuries. So that's why we do think it's really one of the tailwinds as to why we believe in the second half of the year interest rates are going to come down. Let's dive into that a bit deeper, Leslie. If we look out over 2024, tying in your comments from a bit earlier, where do you see rates headed? And what's the timing as far as any policy easing as we make our way further into the year? Well, you know, it's what's interesting here, and, and this is what – this is going to be um, – Again, volatility is going to be a bit high in the short term, and, and we see this even with the strong labor market that we saw this this morning. You're getting a lot of revisions lower. I mean, this is you know the ten of the last eleven months have had down revisions to job numbers. So when your first take is, "Wow, it's a strong number," when we have the next come print, if there's a revision to that number that's normally lower. So what we're thinking is, it's it's not just about. I mean, the data is still going to dictate how we see you know, the Fed reacting, right? But because the market was so dovish with it and aggressive with its pricing in of Fed cuts, you know, either way, our expectation was the market would go up because of the removal of that magnitude of Fed cuts, simply because the amount of, of cuts that the market was pricing, it was almost to a point where there we would see a hard landing and we just don't have the data yet to support such an outcome. So we do think that, you know, overall, Interest rates are going to come down. We do expect, you know, the Fed to start cutting. More than likely, it's not going to be March from what we know right now. It's going to be more of a May. But cutting, you know, 75 or 100 basis points is definitely on, the, on the, probably a high probability. But that's more than I would call a maintenance cut, not a cut because we have below trend growth, not, not a cut because we're seeing a hard landing. You know, just simply a cut that inflation is coming down and, and the fact that to pre- to, to prevent a hard landing going forward in 2025, both will start to cut. So we do think that more than likely, tenure yields will end the year around three and a half percent. Right now, we're looking probably at around three to four cuts from the Fed. But again, you know, as as hard as this is to say, and this is why volatility is going to stay heightened, it is going to be data dependent. So we need to really wait and see how some of this data comes comes out because you know the the restrictions to the Fed and having higher 
real Fed funds rate has only been up for about six or seven months. So we need to see how that really um, uh, impacts the, the true economy and what fundamentals actually produce. Against that backdrop, Leslie, and mindful as well, we're coming off a strong month of December. What are your expectations for fixed income total returns? You know, you know, we came through, and, and I talk about this in, in, the, in the strategist, um, which, will, which will be out like next Tuesday or Wednesday. Look, you know, you still are earning an incredibly strong yield, strong carry within fixed income. Not as high as we were, right? There's no question. Because, you know, 2023 uh, had interest rates, you think, like I just said, you had tender yields start and end around that 388 level, but you had spreads compressed. Right. So the yield that you're earning is not quite as high as what it once was, say, in October. But still, from what we've seen in the past couple of years, it's still very high. And that income is going to really serve as a one, a tailwind to total return and number two, a buffer to volatility. So we still think that fixed income is going to perform you know, quite well in 2024. But, you know, and particularly because we do think the Treasury yields are going to come down. But I will say this, you know, what I think 24 is going to bring is going to bring the opportunity to be tactical. I think it's going to really, you're going to be able to pick your points in terms of when you want to extend interest rate risk, when you want to take on that credit risk, you know, and I, and I think that that's really what's going to be the benefit of 2024, that, that being nimble and having that tactical opportunity to adjust your positions. You know, right now we still lean towards that higher credit quality and particularly that in agency MBS because we look for those sectors that kind of have, have lagged others. Like we know high yield, senior loans did incredibly well, even investment grade corporates did incredibly well. And there's asset classes that are of the same quality, like investment grade corporates, high yield, uh, excuse me, mortgage-backed securities don't have any credit risk. They're, they're of a higher quality. They didn't do as well as, say, investment grade corporates. So picking those sectors that are higher quality but, but didn't sort of reap the same amount of benefit of total return, we think it will do well in 24. Well, Leslie, thank you for joining us for the timely insight into what's been driving activity within fixed income markets and spending some time sharing your expectations for monetary policy positioning within the asset class and do look forward to having you back throughout the year for many more conversations. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you, Leslie. Again, today we have been joined by Leslie Falconio, Head of Taxable Fixed Income Strategy for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office from UBS Studios. I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.